What up, everybody? This is the Two Smart Dummies Podcast coming to you on the Mid Sports Podcast Network. It's not really a network, it's just a feed. But if you are uh, happy to see a um, Mid Sports Podcast update, we're going to change that shit. And it's called the Two Smart Dummies. Let me introduce you to my co host, uh, B Reed. What up, man? What's up, man? You know, um, got a lot going on in the world of sports. Real quick before we get into it. Um, this isn't just going to be a sports podcast, guys. I know you, you're used to the mid, but we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to talk about everything from, of course, sports to music to movies, basically any type of entertainment that's out there um, that me and Beatty may be keeping an eye on. So um, that's where we're at. You're going to see some changes. So um, stick around. Enjoy the ride. All right, man. Let's talk a little bit about this Ohio State news. Um, I'm sure you saw Urban Meyer is on paid administrative leave for um, not reporting um, one of his coaches beating the hell out of his wife back in 2015. He claimed that he had no knowledge of it. Turns out that uh, the story broke yesterday that he did, in fact, have knowledge of it, and uh, Ohio State has put him on administrative leave. What do you think? Uh, I think he's as good as fired. You know, I was under the impression when he left Florida, he left under kind of suspicious circumstances there. And then as time has went on, we found out more about that team. And we know that team was just all kinds of messed up. I think that at Florida, he was probably pushed out. So this couldn't help his case in coming here and knowing that an assistant coach is doing that, not reporting it and not doing anything about it. It's just really not a good look for him. And it's definitely not a good with, look with Ohio State since they're coming off a of trestle. So he is a replacement for trestle. It's going to scare the hell out of Ohio State because this is another scandal. I just don't see how he survives it. I keep going back and forth um, about whether or not he's going to get fired because I've seen reports saying, well, there's no proof that he, he actually knew because um, this lady talked to his wife, and his wife said that um, she did talk to Urban. Uh, but, you know, they, so they had text messages saying that Urban was upset, this, that, or the other. Um, but, you know, again, three. I mean, if, he, if she talked to his wife, how many of us truly believe that that was told to his wife and she kept it secret from Urban. Right. That's really, that's just really not how life no. works. So Anybody who's in the a lady's... relationship knows that your wife, girlfriend, anything, they come home, they talk, they talk, and they talk. That shit came up. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, at some point, his name was mentioned and she mentioned something about. Especially if the wife is friends with this lady. Right. But, I mean, it's no way possible that Urban Meyer had no knowledge. And they said this was like in 2015 right. he knew about it. So it's been three years this dude's been on the staff after knowing about it. I mean, now, So when he fired the guy, did he not? If he did, it was recently, right? See, now we seem uneducated because I hate Ohio State. But I want to say he, fired, yeah. he did fire that coach. Uh, I'm not sure when he did. But the, the coach has been fired. So... Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, an interesting thing with Ohio State. Um, I made the joke yesterday that maybe uh, maybe Jim Harbaugh could um, beat Ohio State finally since he hasn't done that since he's been at Ohio State, or at Michigan. I mean, let's just talk a little bit about that. Harbaugh probably has like one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in like history. The only thing that had gave him success with the Niners was literally Kaepernick running the read option. After that went down, his offense from his resume on his offense has been terrible for a long time running. I guess the the Stanford he had a power based run game pro style. Pro style offense I mean, that was decent, yep. but since then, man, it's just been tragic. I had a uh, I had a buddy of mine who used to argue with me uh, that he he said that other than Bill Belichick that Jim Harbaugh was the best coach in football regardless of college, pro, whatever. Um, and this was when Harbaugh. I was about to ask how many years ago was this? This was when he had just taken the Michigan job. Um, e- either he had just taken it or he it was it was during the Raiders coaching search when Oakland hired Del Rio maybe. Uh, um, and 
Jim Harbaugh took the Michigan job because it was between those two coordinate reports. And my buddy, man, he was just like, Jim Harbaugh, outside of Bill Belichick, is the best coach in football. And I just couldn't understand. I'm like, he's not, he can't be better than Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll won in the pros and in college. He's not a better college coach than um, Urban Meyer or Nick Saban. Uh, you know, the guys who've put multiple championships and won everywhere they've gone. Uh, I, I just can't. Harbaugh has won. He never won shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, didn't think, I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to even make that argument or even take that argument seriously if you've never won anything. I mean, you've never won a college championship. They went to the Super Bowl and they lost. But how can you make that argument against any coach that's won something? I that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I always thought that was kind of goofy. And, and apparently Harbaugh, you know, I, I won't say that they're going to fire him. I, I doubt that they would. But he's got to do something this year to really get going up in Michigan, man. Because, I mean, to be honest, outside of that first year that he got there, they have not done shit. They've, they've been bad. Um, they haven't finished in the top 25 of the rankings in the last two years, uh, maybe three years. Um, and it, it just it hasn't been good. Um, so I'm curious to see if Urban Meyer being out helps Michigan at all, um, whether it be in recruiting or whether it be, uh, you know, being able to beat them on the field. So um, speaking of that, man, shit. Go ahead. I was going to tag back to Urban Myers, man. Isn't it a running thing in college football that these coaches try to hold these players accountable for their actions, but they don't hold their coaches accountable for their actions or themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that. well, that's a whole other conversation. That's the reason why, one of the reasons I think that college athletes should be paid. Um, you know, I, I, I think you just see that, you know, you got these guys making billions of dollars, and millions of dollars in the cases of coaches um and everybody's getting a piece of the pie and kind of leave come and go when they want and players aren't allowed to do that they're not allowed to transfer without sitting out a year they're not allowed to make money off their own likeness but that's a whole separate conversation yeah well they did do something with that transfer rule where i think they tweaked that rule i saw that um so that's a good thing i think now that you can transfer without um basically getting permission from school unless it's in conference so anytime you're transferring outside of the conference you don't have to have permission from your coaches well that's good at least um but what i was going to say man it's august uh we've got our first preseason game tonight we've got college football kicking off in a couple weeks um it seems like we're we're finally at the uh the end of the dog days of summer uh, you know it seems to be that the major league baseball um all-star game is finally like the last stand of boringness because i i know you don't watch baseball but i don't i don't watch baseball until late august early september um and by that time we're we're into we're into football so um you know I, i'm pretty pumped I, it seems like we're we're you know we're kind of moving now finally we got a lot of sports information to talk about um the nba is going to get kicked back up in about a month or so but um I'm ready for football, man. Are, are you? Obviously, I know you're looking forward to the NFL, but uh, kind of tell everybody you're an Oklahoma fan. You know, woohoo, all that shit. You looking forward to uh, college football this year? Oh yeah, I'm pretty excited about this season. Um, I probably enjoy watching college football more than I enjoy watching the NFL. More invested in watching college football, but um, you know, my favorite team is the Eagles, so I love watching those games. But outside of the Eagles and fantasy football. I'm not super excited about NFL games. I'm probably more excited about fantasy football and watching the Eagles play. But, you know, a 49ers versus Seahawks game, I'm not that invested in. I'll watch it because it's something to entertain me, but it's nothing that I really get excited about. I can't say the same thing about college. College, every week I can find two or three games that I'm genuinely excited about seeing. So I definitely, I'm definitely more excited about college football than NFL. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, you know, obviously, you and I live in SEC country. Uh, you know, I know you're not a Hogs fan, but I am. So um, it's just I, I look forward. Like, I don't like going to NFL games. The NFL is my least favorite um, sporting event to go to live. It's so much stoppage time. It's just, it's just not fun. It's, it's not. And you know, yeah. you know what I mean, you, I'm, I'm more. The only reason that I watch so much football on the pro level is, like you said, because of fantasy football. Um, and if it weren't for fantasy, I probably wouldn't watch it. Because unless the Raiders are playing, my TV doesn't really leave the Red Zone channel because I just don't give a shit about the other teams that much. 
Um, I think that's a lot of people nowadays. The Red Zone Channel has really changed the way people watch football because, like you said, if it's not the Eagles playing, then I'm probably watching the Red Zone Channel. Now, they force you to watch a game Sunday night and Monday night, so I'll watch those games. But other than that, any of those games on Sunday, I'm literally watching the Eagles going back and forth for fantasy purposes to the Red Zone Channel. Yeah, um, but – as far as college football, man, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. College football is just I don't know. I I guess it may it might be that argument that people have with with college basketball and the NBA. Like for instance, I hate college basketball. I think it's I, I'd rather watch paint dry. But uh, you know what I mean. Like but for but I hear people who are like, well, it's just the pureness of the game. This that and the other. That's why I like college. But for whatever reason, maybe I do feel that way about college football. And it's not even from like players don't care in the NFL because I don't think that's the case. I just think that college football is a better product and you know it just seems like like home court home field advantage matters more um you know coaching matters more it you know there's recruiting mat- there's just so much more that matters and i guess that you know being in a state like arkansas there's not like a protein close besides the cowboys i guess or the chiefs um so you know you just kind of get wrapped up in that college atmosphere i guess i think it comes down to one simple thing every week everything's on the line it seems like for these college teams in an nfl you can lose five six games no big deal still make the playoffs now towards the end of the nfl season it may be closer but typically 10 and 6 you're you're almost guaranteed to get in the playoffs most years some years that's not true but even nine and seven seems to make it in so that's seven weeks that a team can lose in college basketball, the same thing. You have people with 10 losses, losing the bums, still get in, be a two, two seed, one seed. College football is the, probably the only sport where if you lose on week two of the season, it could generally take you out of being able to go to the championship game, no matter how you play the rest of the season. And that's not always true for Power 5 teams, but... I mean, every week it's something on the line for every team. Now, Bama may not have to worry about that, but there's a Boise State that may be playing, need to go un- undefeated just to even get in the conversation. Well, you look at so Central Florida last the year, they went undefeated. And, you know, and I, I don't necessarily think that college football's playoff system is any good because I, I think that it should be expanded to eight. Um, but that, that's neither here nor there. I, I don't think that a week two loss should kill anybody in a power five conference it does but i don't think it should just because you know what i mean like your team isn't ready to roll yet it's not like college football gets a, a preseason but unless you you know in the sec week two is usually cupcake week uh but i don't know man it, it's it's one of those things to where i wish every game didn't mean as much but um but if you change that, then you're going to take away some of the excitement of college football. Because that's, what, that's what's really wrong with college basketball. It's not that the games aren't good or the play isn't exciting. It's just no one cares because they don't feel like it matters. I don't know about that. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Think about college football. You ever watch Big Ten basketball where, like, it's Michigan State, Purdue, and it's halftime and the score is, like, 25 to 19? Fuck that. Like, it's just boring. I might, I might as well be watching. Dude, you, can't, the, you can't use Big Ten basketball I might as, well be watching as the Celtics your example. <laughs> and the Hawks from the '60s. Like, you know what I mean? Like these dudes don't shoot. Through. I mean, it's just. I feel like I'm flashed back in time, and, and it's just. It is boring. Like I would. I. I'd rather watch literally anything than college basketball nine times out of ten. Well, when I speak about college basketball, I'm literally not talking about those games. I'm not talking about a, a Tennessee versus. I don't know, uh, Florida. Well, not even Florida. Tennessee versus who Vanderbilt or something like that. I'm not watching those games. I'm literally talking about the primetime games because I'm not going to my TV to watch every game that's coming on. I'm only watching the premier games that's showcased on Saturday night or showcased on Tuesday or Wednesday on ESPN, the marquee matchups. So I would agree I'm not watching those Big Ten games, but I'm also not watching, uh, you know, Oregon State play Colorado either right. so and I like to say if it's college basketball up. if I'm not watching Arkansas I'm not watching college basketball that's pretty much where I stand unless you know what I mean the first couple weeks or the first couple days of the tournament is fine but other than that no sir Bob not me uh, now I ain't gonna lie right now you throw Oregon State and Colorado on I'd be happy to watch and I'll probably watch oh yeah you catch me in August when I'm desperate <laughs> <laughs> I mean shit so 
it's one of those things you know you catch me the last two weeks of july where like i said i'm, I'm just super desperate i'll probably watch anything but as far as catch me watching an arena football game oh and God. really being into yeah. it. <laughs> um, all right so for those of y'all that don't know this uh Beatty is actually known on the record lebron james hater so um false lebron james opened up a school man called the i promise school in his hometown of akron ohio um what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you one thing, man. No matter what I ever say about LeBron James on the basketball court, there's no questioning the things that he does off the court as far as business, handling his business, doing things for charity, doing things for school. I mean, it, it would be hard to say that he's not going to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game in terms of that aspect of what he does for the community, how he handles his business. Like, I respect that dude on all levels. My hatred for LeBron is more about, like, kind of like when people hated Jordan. You know, now we're in the time where everybody says Jordan's the greatest player, it's a consensus. But, you know, mid-90s, 97, 98, you still had those people saying, oh, Jordan isn't the greatest Clyde Drexler's better than him. You know, you had the, that type of argument. So it's not like I don't think LeBron's great. It's just, you know, I'm sick. I get sick of hearing about LeBron, truthfully. You know what's funny? You brought that up about, um, you know, mid-90s, about Jordan not being the greatest. It's funny that you mentioned that. So I, when you said that, it jogged a memory from way back in the year of 1996. Uh, I had a... Uh, Michael Jordan basketball and I was going around the neighborhood and I was uh, looking for somebody to play with and uh, you know so I went to my friend's house they had a goal outside and I'd start dribbling my ball over there and I guess I passed the ball to one of the older kids and he looked at the ball it was a red and black basketball with Michael Jordan's like Jumpman logo on there <laughs> and uh, he, he looked at it and he goes Michael Jordan he's a ball hog and he threw the ball back at me uh, and wouldn't wouldn't shoot that ball, and so like I feel like that could happen today with LeBron. It's like, oh, LeBron sucks. Give me a Kobe ball or some shit like that. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. like in the moment, people. But I will say, I, I I think that people appreciated Jordan more in the moment than they do LeBron. But in about you know five years, probably towards the end of his career, especially if he wins another ring, people will always will have no choice but to look and say, man, this dude is this dude is great. Bro. I mean. I, I really don't think so. I just think we're so far removed from thinking about that. And I'm, I just remember times of watching Jordan with people and my, you know, and it's usually older people because you're still could. And that's what it is with us. I mean, we're st- we still talk about Jordan. The younger people are all LeBron's. We're like, oh, LeBron's not better than Jordan. Man, it was like that then. I'm telling you. I'd be watching Jordan games with my dad, and he was like, man, he's a ball hog. He ain't like Magic. Yeah. Magic passed the ball around everybody. He get everybody going. You know, Showtime Lakers. You know, it was Magic. Magic is still better than Jordan. You know, he'll always be better than Jordan. He'll never surprise Jordan. You know, I still remember those conversations. You know, and, I, I, and it's always it a generation Jordan's la- He got that last title against Utah in 98 that people kind of were like, all right, <laughs> this dude's yeah. the GOAT. You know, he's got <laughs> six rings, you know, two three-peats. His last shot ever is the game winner. Well, should have been ever. Um, is the game winner for, you know what I mean, a, a championship. E- literally every kid who played basketball, watched basketball's dream was to hit the game winning shot in the NBA Finals. And this dude did it. Um, I, I think that's when people pretty much were like, yeah, all right. Can't really say anything else. I mean, nobody's better. So. Um, but so a general theme of this podcast is kind of hopping off and branching off the different points. We do have a hard time staying. We go on, on tangents. Subjects. We do. But I have to ask you this. So me and my coworker got into an argument the other day about the Jordan shot over Russell. Should it have been called a push off by the ref? And my point is that's definitely a push off. You can't fully extend your arm. Build up enough pressure to literally push this dude across the lane with your left hand and it not be called a push off in game six. What do you think about that? I mean, I go back and forth. I mean, so Mike was known for his tricks because it like so from where the ref was standing, I don't know that he had or whose call it was to to call that. But Mike used to like when he would uh, back you down 
and you know they hooking is illegal that's where you take your arm and you basically chicken wing a motherfucker uh behind you to, to get the advantage and get to the goal um he used to grab the back of your knee uh and, and kind of you know you hit somebody in the back of the knee and you kind of chop them down a little bit but he used to do that um but at the end of the day you're, you're just not getting that call a it's michael jordan b it's a dynasty it, it, it's you got a dynasty on the line. It's game six of the NBA finals coming down the last seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude still had to make the shot. So Yeah, but what we're talking about Jordan shooting a mid-range shot from the free throw line with no pressure. I mean, if, yeah, you got to make – that's not pressure for Jordan. In Utah, I mean, really? a bunch of white people staring at him the whole time. I don't exactly. Know. So how, how do you not get the call in Utah? I mean, that's <laughs> You're fair. in Utah. You should get that call. Now, my argument was game seven, nah, you don't make the call. You let them play. It's a tough play. But in Utah, like, there's, it's hard for me to believe that there was an angle where you couldn't see that he pushed off. I mean, Jordan's strong, but he fully extended his arm and pushed the dude across the lane. I mean, it was pretty obvious. All I'm going to say is that last stretch of basketball is probably the greatest individual like stretch that probably in in history in in like a meaningful game you gotta think so rewind a minute before that the the bulls are exhausted you know uh it's literally the last stand for the bulls before someone is gonna take them out um mike was done everyone thought he was gonna retire scotty had a mike back this year uh rodman was you know on his way out so this was an old team they knew this was it um Utah had him on the ropes. Michael Jordan goes down. Uh, Jeff, he's guarding Jeff, Jeff Hornacek. Stockton passes the ball to Malone on the on the wing, um, and Hornacek is supposed to take Jordan away. Jordan doubles back, steals the ball from Malone, runs down, makes a layup to um, put the bring the Bulls to within one. Utah's up three. Come back down. Utah misses a shot. Jordan gets gets the ball, rebounds, and he is just dribbling the clock out. And the next play, the next sequence is he gets he pushes off Byron Russell, hits the game winning shot. I mean, you talk about that like that's that is truly incredible to do. To no one else touched the ball, he brought them back with it, you know, and won the game. Yeah, by himself. You know what I mean? I mean, I I don't know. So I was more impressed with the steal than I was a shot. Actually, just the awareness to take that chance at that moment because if if Carl Malone well if they had any type of awareness to you know dump it down then that's an easy score and puts them further in the hole but I mean on a on another note it's pretty dumb offensive play to run cut somebody through the lane when uh Jeff Hornacek was on the offside of the ball anyway so you pretty much brought Jordan right to Carl Malone which was which is the steel defensive player of the year one of the steals leaders, you're going to run him right by the person with the ball. It makes no sense at all. So for those of y'all who are listening out there and are like, why the fuck are these dudes breaking down tape from <laughs> 20 years ago? Uh, that just kind of shows you what, what kind of NBA fans we are. Um, I, I love the NBA. Beatty loves the NBA. I, and literally, I could talk the NBA all day. I could. I don't care about the year. I, I remember the play like it was yesterday, not 20 years ago. So, um, But let's let's jump back into LeBron's school. So according to reports, the school for the kids in Akron, you get free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle, um, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, snacks, a, poo, a food pantry for, for families, um, job placement services for parents, and guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates. And let's not get it twisted just because University of Akron isn't like a big college. That shit is expensive. I looked up the tuition each year. It's pretty expensive for the University of Akron. I don't know if that's a private school or something. I don't know, but all I know is a college degree is a college degree uh, in in most parts. You know what I mean? So, um, or, or And at least you it gives you a shot to go to uh you know get your masters or whatever if, if for whatever reason university of akron isn't as prestigious as you want it to be um but it's one of those things man like this dude you, you talk about the, the the one mistake he made in his career was the decision and we can all agree that was a um just a you know just a goofy thing to do but this dude donated three million dollars that, that went to charity yeah, too. three million dollars to the boys and girls club imagine that like 
it's the I I don't understand how anyone can not like this dude as far as I mean sure if you don't like him as a basketball player which I still don't get because he plays games right way but uh I and I know where you stand he's hard to play with this that and the other but I mean as a, as a man as a husband as a father god man like you know that's where he surpasses Jordan in my book um because you know and and shout out Jalen Rose as well who is also open school <laughs> in Detroit um but I, and it's been open since 2011. Yeah, I mean, so Jalen Rose is literally one of the is, is is the forefather of this. But how come more? You know, I, not to sit and count another man's money, but this is what I want to see out of athletes. I could give a fuck about shoes, right? Like I I, I yeah. could care less about overpriced shoes that just keep getting released every year. Um, like this man is putting like he's breaking generational curses for his family and for others i mean it is truly he's doing things in the black community and the community as a whole that just is unprecedented it it truly is and and my hat goes off to that dude and this is just a start for him that's one thing about lebron right now he's kind of strapped by what he can do because his pesky nba legacy is on the line and playing career but i mean the things that he's doing right now as a player has literally changed the league. When you look at the things that he's done, he's changed. He's changing the league as far as people being more aware of their business, people um, going and get these deals off the court, um, how they handle their business, the players' agreement. He's always been one of the ones to push for security and the reason why they um, developed that pension of how people's checks get taken out. I don't know if you've seen that Forbes thing of like where players make 40 million but they're only taking home like 20 right. that's because he's making he that was part of the agreement that him and Chris Paul worked on is where they're putting their money back in a pension to keep these players from going broke so now there's pretty much a built-in safe for these guys where they really can't go broke anybody that's a part of that I think it was the 2010 2012 players agreement well, anybody that's played up until the end, they're not going to be broke for the rest of their not life. Not only that, like, so you hear the stories about, you know, um, Scottie Pippen going broke, Antoine Walker going broke, just, like, people who took advantage of these guys from an investment standpoint. So now what the NBA does um, is, like you said, I mean, they take half their money, they put it away for them. But um, what they also do is if these players are interested in investing um, with anything, whether it be real estate, whether it be um, in the stock market, whether it be anywhere – the NBA actually goes out and um, uh, basically acts as a broker is not the right word, but they're the middleman and they they do the investigating. They do all this background on these investment uh, ventures that the players are interested in. So they they have a system where they go do that for them. That way, yeah. you know, you don't hear the stories of these athletes going broke. I mean, it is it is true. LeBron James has changed the NBA for the better i mean you see it with players on the court and off the court of who they want to be like from a business standpoint and a player exactly they come in they handle their business and then they you know they i mean and i love it i I really do man i I, so my my hat will always go off to lebron no matter where he sits as far as you know on the court legacy which to me he's number two and you know at some point (coughs) excuse me i think that um lebron james will end up being in my mind, the greatest player of all time. Well, one thing uh, I try to point out to people is people don't realize the thing that LeBron is doing right now as a player. I mean, it's kind of monopolizing and it's probably illegal. This dude is pretty much an agent while being on oh, the Oh, yeah. I mean, now he's figured out a way to hide that with Clutch Sports. Yeah. But, uh, I don't even know if it's hidden. It's, is it hidden? Well, the, he, really? he's got no financial station there, which is what they really consider. but it's his friend that he put through college which literally he's invested in his friend because he put him through put all college. the boys through college he's smart like exactly that. so he's invested by just the fact that he put was it maverick carter which one owns the agency yeah, maverick carter so he put maverick carter through school he's the one that got him attached to the agency where he was the third party that was negotiating with players before he before maverick carter quote unquote started his own agency 
No one believes that that doesn't go through LeBron. Like they literally say on TV, yeah, Eric Bledsoe signed to LeBron's agency. Hey, I'm with it, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, and he's the reason that KCP still got uh, another contract. He, you know, and he does his players right. He gets his players get no paid. doubt about like, it. I haven't seen anybody for, that signed with LeBron that didn't get paid a nice contract. No Nobody's getting screwed up on LeBron. It. So, like, like, like I said, if you're on LeBron's team in one way or the other, you get into the finals. <laughs> you might get a <laughs> ring. You might get. You might. You you gonna secure the bag if you halfway. I mean, you look at Jr. Come on, man. You look at Dude, Tristan, got Tristan Thompson. Thompson. Tristan Thompson got like eighteen million a year KCP, for doing nothing. Sixteen million last year, twelve million this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you getting paid if you messing with this dude? So you know, um, and you talking about marginal players? Who knows when Ben Simmons' contract comes up? What the hell he's gonna get? Yeah. So, For real. Uh, he's also the the father of these new one year contract to hold these teams hostage to make them continually getting better. Actually, you know what? That is one thing I want to talk about, and we'll move off the NBA after this. But so. We always get stuck on the NBA. Because the NBA is the best sport. Why? Because it's 24-7. There's always something going on. There's always some shit to talk about. And it's, you know, it's just entertaining. Um, To us. So we haven't talked about LeBron to the Lakers. I mean, I don't think we really need to. We'll see how that shakes out um, closer to basketball season. But I noticed a lot of people, um, fans out there, whether it be regardless of sport, for whatever reason, they always side with management. Yeah, you know, I agree. they hate players when they when they leave in free agency. It, during a lockout, the players are the spoiled brats. If there's anything goes wrong, the players are spoiled brats, not the owners, not the billionaire under owners. My skin. The the you know what I mean. So it, really, if you really want to break it down, it's, we're mad at the rich fighting against the rich, but whatever. Um, so, but it's still kind of like middle class rich, right? So let's you know let's talk I mean? still worker mentality about how why I will always support player movement if you want to leave your team go kd am i mad at you not at all uh you know Kawhi, am i mad at you nope Kyrie, nope none of you. i am kind of mad at Kawhi a little bit but because he's a baby the, that's a whole but different the way that the raptors did demar Derozan, come on man that i mean and i get it for basketball purposes toronto made the right move they made they made yeah. the exact right move whether it works out in the long run or not they made the right move if Kawhi leaves in February, it gets traded, or if he leaves in free agency next year, Toronto still made the right move. But it just goes to show you, man, like there is no loyalty in sports. The way they did DeMar DeRozan, who who didn't even take a meeting with another team, his hometown Lakers, another team at all during his free agency last year, to up and trade him like that. Same thing with Blake Griffin. Like, yo, you're going to be a clipper for life. Oh, actually, your ass is getting out of here. And that's how Jerry West rolls, but still, it's like, no, we're going to have to get your ass up out of here. There's no loyalty in sports. So when I hear people who, you know, you burning players' jerseys, calling them selfish, calling them this, that, and the other, you got to understand, man, these dudes are are considered, you ever read that? I'll never equate, you know, million-dollar athletes to slaves. I just won't do it. Now, college athletes, maybe, but pro athletes, I'll never equate that to slavery, but... They are literally just a number, like a prison system. It's like, yeah, you know, you just. Yeah, I mean, there's they're they're an asset. I mean, that's what they're looking right. at them for. They're assets where I can move them as I please. Um, the problem that I have with the whole thing is I don't under people have that mentality because you're so connected to a team, and no matter if this player leaves or not, most people are going to be connected to the team. So I understand why people think that way because if LeBron leaves my team, I'm still going to be stuck with this team. You're not necessarily like you love LeBron. You may love LeBron as a player, but in the environment that we're in today, if you follow LeBron from team to team, you got to argue with people about being a bandwagon fan, blah, blah, blah. Most people are connected to a team. Some people tell you they're connected to a player. When you're connected to a team and that player leaves, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. But we don't look at these players. We look at them. Oh, you just play a game. You just play a sport. You should be happy. But this is a business for them. And you have people making billions of dollars off of them and their lives are on the line. So that's what I try to explain to people. If I commit to this team and I sign a five year contract, I pretty much just sign my rights away to this team for five years. They can literally do whatever they want to with me. I learned this at an early age. Like this is why I literally hate the Lakers. And it's the most obscure thing that you could probably think of is 
I hate the Lakers because when Kobe Bryant went to the Lakers, I used to watch the Lakers, and I love Nick Van Axel. Kobe played with Nick Van Axel and Eddie Jones and Cedric Sabalas for one year. And they literally traded my guy to the Denver Broncos. I mean, the Denver Shit Nuggets. those motherfuckers out all of them next Shit year. this motherfucker out. So, the thing about it is, we're not living in today where, you know, I had league pass. I mean, I'm broke from a country town. I really only had WGN and TNT. And, you know? and NBC. So, and NBC. So, once Nick Van Exel went to Denver... I literally didn't see this motherfucker play again until he played for Dallas. You know what I mean? I never saw a Nick Van Exel game. I might see a highlight or two, but it's not like today. When players were shipped out then, they they were like lost in nowhere. You never saw those players again. Maybe on a basketball card, you could see their stats, but you didn't see them actually play. So it made me hate the Lakers. But that's one thing that I always say. There's no loyalty. I mean, once they sign you, they can ship you anywhere. So you need to make sure that the decision you make, you trust that organization when you go. On the flip side of that, I think that Toronto fucked themselves because of what I just said. These players are looking to go to organizations that they can trust. If they were going to trade DeMar DeRozan, they should have been up front with him when they met with him. That's the problem. Not that they traded him, but they lied to him. They should have told him, hey, you know, we want to keep you here. If we don't find a better deal, then you will stay. But I'm not going to say that we're guaranteed not to trade you because we are fielding calls. Just be honest. Look, at the end of the day, Toronto's not a free agent destination as it is. So, <laughs> I mean, all their talent has come through trades or through the draft forever. None of them has stayed except yeah. for DeMar DeRozan. Well, he, that is true. I'll give you that. Well, and, <laughs> they, and Kyle, they never Kyle, stayed. Kyle Lowry stayed. But he had no other choices. He wanted to leave. He tried to hit the free agent market. He literally got no offers. So he came back. He doesn't even look happy to be there. Um, but uh, I don't know. I As a fan, I think about it differently, probably because I root for a bunch of loser organizations. So, like, if LeBron, for whatever reason, was like, man, I'm coming to Memphis. And, you know, after I got done shitting my pants and cleaning myself up, um, <laughs> if, if LeBron gets me to the finals, wins a ring, and then – Next year says, all right, fuck you, Memphis. I'm going, I'm out. I'll be like, hey, shit, thanks, LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still going to be happy as hell. So, uh, you know. I mean, that's what I felt like when he went to Miami. Exactly. I'm not mad at LeBron for leaving for Miami. I mean, I feel the same way about LeBron before he came to Miami that I do after. I don't hate him. Don't love the way he plays basketball. But, you know, but like, it is what it is. If you're a Heat fan, you don't have those championships without him. You got one. That's not necessarily true. Shit. Come on, man. Shit my ass. We had Chris Bosh coming in the regard. And this is another thing. Why is LeBron doing these interviews and telling people that the Heat was 35 and 47 when he came? That is a blatant lie that he continues to repeat. The Heat were 47 and 35. They still got mopped up in the first round of the playoffs. So so what? It's a big difference from being 35 and 47 and 47 and 35. So they was he's trying to give a false equation to the Lakers before he got there and went to four straight championships with him there. So hey, we could have went to a championship with just Wade and Chris Bosh. No, you couldn't have. And hey, another thing: if he didn't come to Miami, would LeBron have two championships? I mean, he got one without both them motherfuckers in Cleveland, so... And what did he say? He he learned from Miami how to build an organization and how to play within an organization. So he may not have any championships if he didn't come to Miami. Maybe, but all I know is he did get one after Miami, so... And all I know is Miami got one before him. So what you trying to say? That I'd still take LeBron over Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Nah. I mean, yeah. That's not the point. So was that... You know what? See... <laughs> it's too nice of a day for you to be catching me like this, all right? Um, all right, man, so we got the Hall of Fame game kicking off tonight. Um, you've got the Chicago Bears and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, before we move on to actual Hall of Fame inductees, um, let's talk a little bit about the game tonight. You, There is no point. They're, they're not going to play anybody significant. I've seen Alex Mortensen play like two and a half quarters for the Tennessee Titans and get cut the next day. Oh, yeah, I mean, this, this game is 100%. It's the fifth preseason game. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a meaningless game, but is there? do you think we see Lamar Jackson play at all? I think for pure excitement, you probably see Lamar Jackson get a snap. I mean, he may play a series, but, I mean, I'm, it's, high, it's far more likely that you see Robert Griffin most of the game. Yeah, and then Tyler Bray or somebody else like that. But I just, I just don't think you risk your first-round pick in your fifth preseason game. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to get very little of anything um, in this game. But 
I'm just excited football is going to be on TV. I don't know that I'm going to watch most of this game, but um, you know, I'll I'll check it out just because I'm starved for football. But let's talk a little bit about, <coughs> excuse me, the Hall of Fame inductees, shall we? Um, yeah, you've got such studs as Terrell Owens. Uh, That's not going to be even recognized. We'll get to that in a second. We, we've got uh, a one Randall Moss. Um, yeah. You've got he was okay. You got Head Coon. Uh, Ray Lewis. Head Coon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you got Brian Urlacher with hair now. Uh, yeah. You got Brian Dawkins. My guy. Um, Weapon X. And who else am I missing? Well, that's all that matters. Know. So uh, I'm pretty sure you got some people, some coaches or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I, I know it's a coach and some players. Two players who played back before you know they were actually throwing the football so um so let's talk a little bit about it man you mentioned tl is not even going to be mentioned uh on sunday how do you feel about that how do you feel about the situation how do you feel about to decide not to go how do you feel about them not even or decide not to even honor to as a player so disclaimer i'm a philadelphia eagles fan and i was a big donovan mcnab fan so I absolutely do not like T.O. at all. I think he's a spoiled brat, and I think he's a baby. And he, after he left the Eagles, he went to the Cowboys, who I actually hate from the bottom of my heart. So, to say that, I think that he's an asshole. But there's no bias in that. <laughs> but <laughs> T.O. is also arguably shit. Top was he better than Moss? Receiver all time. I would take T.O. over Randy Moss. I would, um, and I might be in the minority on that just because Randy Moss didn't give a shit half his career, uh, and T.O. gave a shit every Sunday. So um, you got you know T.O. Is, is second in all time in touchdowns and receptions, I believe, or, or yard. He's he's top five in every receiver category ever. Um, the, the dude was in his prime, just unguardable. I mean, T.O. was great. Um, you know, to and then during the Eagles' first Super Bowl run in 2004, to be able to, by the way, you want to talk about a string of fucking bad luck. So if you're a fantasy football player out there, 2005, I somehow got T.L. and Randy Moss, and I was feeling real fucking good about myself. <laughs> Guess what? Randy Moss played in Oakland, and they said, "Hey, motherfucker, we're gonna pay you to not be here," and T.L. Guess what, motherfucker? We also gonna pay you to not be here, <laughs> uh, and really fuck me over for you know. So I decided not to draft. Probably the reason why you got him because uh, you know I mean? at that point To was doing sit ups in the driveway yeah, at the draft it, time. It was just it was just a whole mess. So I decided to never draft either of those motherfuckers ever again. But um, To man, like I liked him as a player. I there there's this one image that I always have of To. You know, this was when he was playing for the Cowboys, and it's not the whole, um, that's my quarterback, man. That's not <laughs> it. But there's a play where uh, I think it was Terry Glenn or someone caught a ball, and they're running up the sideline. And, you know, most receivers, Randy Moss included, kind of would take the playoff. They weren't involved um, and, you know, maybe not block. All of a sudden, you see T.O. just gunning down the sideline to block for Terry Glenn or whoever the receiver may have been at the time. Just, I mean, wasn't involved in the play, really wasn't anywhere near having to block, but you just see him gunning down the sideline to block for the receiver to get into the end zone. And it's little stuff like that that makes me, no matter how crazy T.O. is off the off the field, because he was that. He was an asshole, every bit of it. But the dude on the field cared about the game, and he wanted to win. Yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, I love T.O. as a player, and part of the reason why I hate T.O. now is because like when he came, I thought that was about to change everything. And it, but like it my did all time. Yeah, I mean my all time T.O. moment is when he kind of announced himself. We played the Cowboys, and he scored. He ran all the way back to the star to do the Eagles flap on the star. You know, so you know I was a big fan of T.O. on the field. It's unquestioned. That dude is probably one of the greatest receivers ever to play the game. Just the way he carried himself, the how hard he worked, how he stayed in shape. 
I'm not positive that T.O. couldn't come out there and give the team 600 yards right now because that dude's workouts are insane. Yeah, his last year, I think, with the Bengals, he still caught 1,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, but T.O. the player and T.O. the person are two different people. The person that we're talking about now, yeah, the Hall of Fame is to honor his career, but now you see T.O. the person. T.O. is literally not getting, not going to be there because he's pouting because he thought he should have been in earlier. But, now, I mean, to be fair, he probably should. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and the writers kept him out because they didn't like him, which I think, I don't even think but he, you know he should that's, be up But to you writers. know that's the game, though. Everybody knows that's the game. I mean, they talk about it all the time. You knew that, you know how you treat the media, they're going to get you back during the Hall of Fame because they give them that power. So if he cared about that during his career, he should have treated the media better. It's not It's not going to be a knock. Once you get in the Hall of Fame, it doesn't matter if you first, second, third. Your stats are going to speak for themselves. Everybody that's watched T.O. play knows that he should have been in there. So yeah, screw the writers, but what about all your fans that love you that wanted to see you go in? You're, you're doing them a disservice. But I also think that the NFL is doing them a disservice as well. Because to not even show a video of the dudes, like, look, T.O.'s not going to be here, whatever. But we still want to honor him. And you, you don't have to go through unveiling the plaque and all that shit. But just throw up a video and say from the time he dropped that fucking pass that uh, Steve Young threw him. And then to come back and catch that one on the end zone has <laughs> been on since. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. say, hey, you're one of the greatest receivers to ever play. We appreciate you. Move it along. And, and but we it. know the NFL doesn't appreciate their players. They don't. I mean, we already know that and, for And a fact. I think that's why I love the NBA more than I love the NFL because Adam Silver gives a shit about his players, and it's evident. The Players Association gives a shit about their players, and it's evident. And it's just not necessarily the same in the NFL. And I think I think that the NFL finds way to ways to run themselves. Eventually, I think they will run themselves into the ground. Um but that, that's a different conversation. So, Well, I'm on record of saying I believe that the NFL is going to be the next baseball. They're going to have a – baseball used to be the most popular sport in America. Up until, ni- until it's not the anymore. mid-90s, they were America's sport. At, at one time, boxing was the greatest sport in America. Now it's not because of corruption yep. and greed and because you couldn't even get a legit winner without the judge just changing it. There's always some type of corruption that changes, and then you have a sport that's up and coming that takes over. I think football, the NFL right now is arrogant and thinking that they can't change, and soccer's on its way up. The NBA is getting more popular, especially overseas than any other sport. America, I mean, football is American-based, and it's not even the most, it's not even recognized as football outside of America. Soccer, the NBA, those are global sports. Yep. That can easily overtake the NFL at any point in time. And I think I think within the next decade you will see a shift. I mean, people will still watch football, but as you learn more and you see more of these players that have you know health issues, whether it be CTE, whether it really be anything, um, or whether they can't get get out of their own way with this, you know, with the protest of of um, you know social injustice, which we we won't get into. Look, because. I'm just going to end up getting pissed off, and I, I just don't <laughs> want it. So, um, But, I mean, it would it would have already changed, though. I don't think football would be the most popular sport today if it wasn't for fantasy football. Absolutely. Fantasy football and gambling literally changed that. Because they, now, they did that perfectly. But I will tell you this. The NBA is already ahead of the curve. You see that um, they just they just recognized MGM as a sponsor of some NBA team, or they're the first person to like allow betting or something like that. You see that? Yeah. They advertisement from MGM. So if the NBA takes it to the next level and welcome in gambling, that's the, one of the reasons why boxing became so popular. Yep. And the NFL has been fighting that in several states. You can't even do fantasy football in, um, in some states because of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And like you said, now that, that gambling, gambling is legalized, uh, we'll see how that starts to change as far as daily fantasy goes, um, you know, which is really big for, for basketball as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Ray Lewis, uh, Brian Erlacher, uh, Brian Dawkins, and Randy Moss. Uh, you know, Moss, troubled career. Um, my, my biggest knock with Randy Moss is that I feel like he should have been better, I mean, not physically than he was, but his career should have been better than it was with all the talent that he had. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, being a Raiders fan, I saw it firsthand, and I don't necessarily blame him for wanting to quit on the Raiders because at that time they were, you know, pure horseshit. Uh, but 
you know, there was too many times in Randy Moss's career that he just didn't give a shit. Whether it was in San Francisco towards the end, whether it was you know a couple years in Minnesota, whether it was um, you know those six games with Green Bay, whether it was yeah you know, well in New England he gave a shit. But uh, you know it's just there were too many. I, Seasons. Well, it's a problem if you can name almost fifty percent of his career where he didn't give a Tennessee shit. Tennessee <laughs> didn't give it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if things weren't going his way, and that's the difference between him and To. To on the field always gave a shit. We, you know, we alluded to that earlier. So, uh, what about? Yeah, go. I mean, To is Reddy Moss is more talent naturally talented than To, but that's the perfect example when hard work and talent um, go head to head. Like To is a better receiver I say than Randy Moss because T.O. worked harder at it not to say T.O. wasn't naturally talented but you can see that he obviously worked at his craft I don't believe that Randy Moss truly worked at his craft the whole his whole career I mean even when he was with the um the Patriots he kind of got limited to nine routes I mean if you put somebody over the top it helped other receivers but he wasn't running a whole route tree for um, Tom yeah, Brady. you weren't sending Randy Moss on a 10-yard on yeah. slant. He wasn't doing no slant. He wasn't getting the tough yards. That's what T.O. You could see in T.O. over the middle. He'll get hit by a safety in a corner and a linebacker, and he's still going to catch the ball. That's what makes him a great receiver. Randy Moss was a great receiver as far as talent and stats, but he didn't show it all the time. So if, so in that way, I would agree that T.O. should have been a first ballot Hall of Fame, and maybe Randy Moss shouldn't have because he treated the media like shit also. So it's that. But, you know, he's a talented receiver. He was great. But it, I just hate to see players that have all that talent that don't live up to their talent. I mean, he could have been the greatest receiver ever, and he just didn't live up to it. Yep. Um, you got Ray Lewis and, and Brian Urlacher, two just world-class linebackers. Um, Brian Urlacher was actually a safety coming out of college um, and became one of the best linebackers ever in Chicago. Really did transform uh, the Bears into almost – the defense of the 80s, not quite as good, but, you know, brought them back to relevance. Um, Ray Lewis, two Super Bowls with the Ravens, 2000 and 2012, um, you know, as the leader of some of the best defenses to ever play the game. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say which one would you have over the other. They were A, a they both were so different. I mean, Erlacher, I think, was more of a complete package um, because he could drop back in coverage. You know, he could intercept the ball. Ray Lewis was just a tackling machine. Um, and was it was crucial and critical to stopping the run and tackles for loss and you know honestly just had just a great defense around him as well but he was without a doubt the anchor of that for so many years yeah I mean both great players I mean Ray Lewis was probably part of what two of the best defenses ever in the NFL so yeah that I mean, Ray Lewis he's... team was no bitch at all that I mean they <laughs> yeah were... So, I mean, to have – to be the orchestrator, the leader of that defense, I mean, that goes on your resume too. I mean, Black, Brian Erlacher was great. He was a really good linebacker. But just the fact, the defense is that Ray Lewis orchestrated with literally no offense. I mean, no offense. The, so, things, yeah. the things that they did was just impressive. Where I would go to say, I mean, Lawrence Taylor, Ray Lewis – Lawrence Taylor might have been a little bit more disruptive, but, I mean, I don't think you can just throw out that conversation. Well, I don't know. Ray Lewis didn't get to the quarterback like that. I mean, like I said, he was critical in stopping the run, and he was different scheme, though. It was a different it was a, scheme. It was a different scheme. He wasn't an outside linebacker in a 3-4. That was his responsibility. They didn't blitz him a lot. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, you got Brian Dawkins, who is one of the best safeties ever, you know, ever do it, both with Denver and mostly with uh, Philadelphia. Uh, my favorite player of all time. My favorite Eagles player of all time. Yeah, just a just a great player, man, all around. Uh, so this this is a pretty stacked class of Hall of Famers that you and I both grew up watching. Well, not necessarily, well, you know, grew up coming of age, whatever. Um, basically, we saw all these guys' entire careers, and I think this may actually be the first class to where most of these guys I saw their entire career from start to finish. Um, also, I don't remember past classes at all, and I probably don't remember this one much after next year, but whatever. So It's still a great – either way it goes, it's a great class. Yeah. This is a name that you've been waiting to see get in there. I mean, it's good that these people are in there. I wish T.O. – I would have loved to see T.O. get in with Ray Lewis. 
Um, that would have been pretty exciting because he almost was a Ravens. Can you imagine those Ravens teams if that trade would have went through? That would have been and, nuts. you know, T.O. would have been on there with that defense, and he fit that personality. Oh, man. Yeah. That would have been incredible. It surely would have been. Um, that's actually scary to think about. Um, all right, man. So we coming up at the end of the hour. What else you got? Uh. I'm super late on this, but I just watched the uh, Khalif Browder documentary on Netflix. That shit was so deep. If you have not seen that, it came out last year about the prison system in Rikers Island. It's like a six-part miniseries. I watched it because they're doing the Trayvon Martin one on BET right now, so I wanted to see what the Khalif Browder one was like. Man, that shit is that shit's deep. I definitely recommend people watching that. Um, TV shows I'm watching. only thing I'm really watching right now is Snowfall. Um, it's a series by John Singleton about Rick Ross since season two. Really good series. And then I'm catching up on The Office. Yes, I missed The Office all season. Never got into it. So I'm binge watching The Office at the moment to try to catch up. I don't know how I missed that show. It's great. The Office is flat out hilarious. I I haven't seen every episode. My significant other, she has watched every episode at least 35 times um so that's hilarious man. that's her show that and that 70s show are her two go-to shows uh which i you know that 70s show is also uh one hilarious show to me um yeah i see i, I saw that that 70s yeah, show. Now that one's funny the office is funny um if you want a good documentary you got wild uh wild 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 country i think is on Netflix. It talks about this sex cult uh, that originated in India that made its way to the United States in the 80s um, in Oregon, uh, Antelope, Oregon. And um, I started that last night. Pretty intense. Um, just, you know, so if you're into like cults and shit like that, or if you're just bored mm-hmm. and you want some shit to watch, Wild Wild Country is good. Insecure starts the, uh, on the 12th. Um, that's actually one of my favorite shows out. Ballers starts again on the 12th, which unfortunately is a guilty pleasure for me i think it's a terrible show but somehow i always end yeah. up watching it it wrapped up two seasons ago i don't know why it's still going yeah yeah i mean really we're, we're done with it but <laughs> uh, <laughs> here i am still watching it so um other than that man i i really haven't had a chance to catch up on tv like i thought i would um i, I haven't honestly i haven't seen shit as far as movies by the way so equalizer 2 just came out with denzel washington right yeah. So I saw Equalizer one, and I'm not big on action movies, but that shit was terrible, and I don't understand how it. You thought Equalizer one was terrible? It was bad. It, it's your typical I action movie Equalizer. that the storyline is kind of iffy. That doesn't matter, but it's Denzel whooping people's ass. It's just a different character. I mean, I guess it didn't warrant. Kind of like when what? Kind of like when Wesley Snipes used to whoop people. Ass. Just to nobody whoop cared ass. about the storyline. Just did, whooping ass to whoop did ass. Did it need a second movie? Of course it does. No. You need a whoop ass in another country. We saw him go to another country at the end of the movie. So that means that we need to see him whoop ass in that country. Wait, that wasn't Massachusetts he went back to? I don't know. I thought it was another no, country. No, it was because because uh, be old girl stopped him off the bus and was like, hey, I ain't a whore no more. I'm out. And she's like, he's like, all right, see ya. And that was. I thought he went to like overseas no. at the end of Equalizer. No, he... I don't know. I need to check in on that. I hadn't seen it in a while, but I thought at the end he like went overseas and was in that mansion am i tripping no that was possibly that was during the movie but he killed old boy and then got off the plane and oh maybe he did i don't remember i I think you're tripping either way Uh, let's let's just agree that we both don't know (laughs) (laughs) so for those y'all out there i don't like action movies very much just because i think that i i like i like shit that exercises my brain a little bit and action movies just typically don't get it done for me, so I don't need to Bro, see... Bro, everything doesn't need a deep storyline. Sometimes you just need to see Keanu Reeves shoot a bunch of people in the head hey, unrealistically. John Wick, though? John Wick, I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, the second... That's not a great storyline either. The second one was alright, but the first one... So I went I went to the movies with my old lady to see that, and we both walked out of the theater, and we were like, man, that was awful. That was terrible. But in the back of my mind... I was like, man, that shit was dope <laughs> as hell. It was like 10 words the whole movie and just a bunch of Yeah, just, just shoot people the in the time. face for no reason. And Gun don't get hot, jam, or nothing. Hey, I didn't want to admit to her because, you know, we was on that. We, we was being uppity and shit. Like, you know, that's beneath us. But, man, in the back of my mind, I was excited as hell. I was like, shit, I hope they at least another one. And they did. I watched that bitch. 
Same thing. I was like, man, this movie is garbage. But goddamn, that was cool. So now the third one's coming out. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I ain't going to take her to watch it, but I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to keep <laughs> One it of those secret. guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I waited for her to go to bed to watch uh, John Wick 2. And <laughs> she comes out, stumbling out. She's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I can't sleep. And it was John Wick 2. <laughs> so uh, that would be my excuse for the third one as well. Yeah. All right, man. Decent show, seeing that there's not really that much to talk about. That's it. That's all. Um, Even though you lied to the pay people and said there's a bunch of shit to talk about. Man, you know, it's because it's been a minute since we've actually got on and, and done this. So you're right. But, <laughs> you know, preseason's kicking off. I think one thing we might start doing is talking a little bit about fantasy football, is, even though it goes against my, my rules. But you and I play in a couple fantasy leagues together, so whether it be basketball or football, so... We can have a little. Bro, there's a whole channel of that shit on XM Network. There's a market for it, but maybe just not on. Like, I think we should separate the shows. Like, do a 30 minute pod just for fantasy. Hey, we can have a little fantasy corner. Y'all want to know which players to add, drop, sleepers, keepers? We got it. Yeah, you can do that weekly. You know, so. I definitely, but I would prefer to deep dive into it and get full nerd, but that's just me. I mean, we can, but then we, like I said, we're both in this dynasty league together. I don't really want to be shared, spilling all the beans. <laughs> so, you know. Um, but that's it. That's all, y'all. So, that's where we're at. Two smart dummies. We are on the internets on the local Twitters and the Instagrams. <laughs> Old as fuck. Um, shoot us an email at two smart dummies at gmail.com. No, smart dummies two at gmail.com. Dummies two. On- on Twitter and Gmail, it's two, the number two, smart dummies. All right. Well, there you have it. Peace. Peace.